Chapter 120. Yanawara, Peru. Search for the white-browed tit-spine-tail. My girlfriend arrived back from Japan, and after taking it easy for a day, we took a 24-hour bus to Cusco. The first few hours were along a fast highway heading along the coast, but after that the road headed up into the mountains. It went up and up as the night closed in, and about midnight my girlfriend gave me a tap on the shoulder and said she was feeling sick. I was keeping an eye on the altimeter she had bought for me, but it only went to 4,200 meters and we went much higher than that. They'd been handing out plastic bags at the beginning of the mountain road just in case. She puked over and over again due to the winding road as much as a high altitude. She was in a really bad state and in the end had nothing left to throw up. With about 40 people on the bus and no toilet stops, it didn't take long before the toilet was smelling awful. I thought we'd been lucky to get seats next to the staircase with more legroom, but others were a bit smarter than I thought as this was where the smell was strongest. We arrived in Cusco in the afternoon, by which time she was feeling a bit better, but still very weak, and not overly enamoured with high altitudes. We found a hotel in the centre that had a kitchen we could use. It was run by a German man with his nice Peruvian wife and young daughter. I told the lady that my girlfriend wasn't feeling well with the altitude, and she recommended drinking mate de coca, coca tea. My father had been in town for a couple of days, and we called him up and arranged to meet for lunch the next day. In the morning I went in search of a cheaper hotel, and I found one up a really steep slope, which had a balcony with a beautiful view over the Centro Historico. We met my father and took a stroll around the plaza together, but got mobbed by loads of people trying to sell postcards and get us in their restaurant for lunch. Cusco might be a beautiful city, but there's way too many tourists, and this turns the locals into money-grabbing vultures. He treated us to a nice lunch, and then we went back to the plaza to watch a procession of El Señor de los Temblores, Many years ago there had been a really big earthquake. People in the church had brought out a statue of Christ and the earthquake miraculously stopped. A skeptic such as myself might say that all earthquakes stop in the end, but Cusqueños still parade around the plaza throwing red flowers at it. I'd had a few days off birding and was starting to get withdrawal symptoms. We left the hotel early and set off to try and find a bus to Huacapay. We walked for ages and asked lots of people getting the usual varied responses, so flagged down a taxi to take us to the bus stop. We got on the bus and got dropped off 40 minutes later by the side of the road, and I followed the instructions in my bird guide to take us around the lake. It was quite a pretty lake with reeds around the edge and the usual selection of Andean water birds. The one bird that I was after, though, was the rare Peruvian endemic hummingbird called the bearded mountaineer. We walked and walked along the road, searching for flowering bushes with no luck. We checked anything resembling the yellow tubular flowers described in my book. We were tired and we stopped at a little shop for a drink while we sat on the grass in the shade. We passed some old ruins, which were quite interesting and made even more so by some giant hummingbirds perched on top of them. We walked past a house where a family were gathered in the front garden, wrestling with a pig. It was clear that they were going to kill it, and I think it knew it. My girlfriend turned her head the other way, and a few seconds later we heard a blood-curdling squeal. After walking for hours, I finally found the Hummer I was looking for. I would have found it a lot faster if I had walked around the lake in the opposite direction. Even though it was flat, the heat and the altitude had really taken it out of us. One night in Cusco, we went to the Cross Key pub to meet the owner, a Mancunian called Barry Walker, who's one of the most famous birdwatchers in Peru, if not South America. He'd agreed to meet me and give me some information on birding, and we had a good chat along with another Brit called Rob Williams, who works in conservation in Cusco as well good contacts. We were going to go on ahead and do some birding and meet my dad in Machu Picchu at the weekend, 
We packed and left a bag in the storeroom of the hotel. We took a bus for an hour and a half to a town called Urubamba and changed to another to Oyantaytambo, where we checked into the first cheap hotel we saw. It had a very low overhang going up the stairs, which they warned me about, and I managed to duck only the first time I passed it. The next time I ran down the stairs and almost cracked open my skull. I shouted an expletive at the top of my voice, petrifying the poor girl in the lobby. We went down to buy a train ticket to Machu Picchu in a couple of days' time. It was $44 for a two-hour return trip. Outrageous. They have a monopoly and there's no road, so I had no choice but to fork out. I went out birding and walked about 10 kilometers on the road to Kiabamba and saw a few nice birds, including the noisy, endemic, creamy, crested spinetail. I thought I would walk as fast as I could and catch a bus back, but none of them would stop for me, and I ended up walking 20 kilometers. The bird I was going in search for next was critically endangered. A pretty plain-looking brown bird called the Royal Synclodes. Barry Walker had given me a good tip-off of a great place with Polylepis forest, with all its rare species. I took an early bus back to Urubamba and got off at the little town of Yanawara. From here it was about a four-kilometer walk uphill to the forest. The road started at 2,800 meters and I had to walk up to 4,000 meters, which, believe me, is no easy feat. It was great birding higher up and the path was fairly easy to follow. I asked all the people that I passed whether I was going the right way and worked my way up and up. Barry had said that I'd have to camp up there, but I decided to try and do it in a day trip. After about three hours, I reached the first good polylepis forest. These are beautiful trees, all gnarled and looking like oversized bonsais. People like to use it to make charcoal, and it's really taken a pounding in South America. The specialized birds that live only in this forest are therefore some of the rarest on the continent. I was mainly looking for two, the Synclodes and another endangered species called the white-browed tit spinetail, a small bird with a long tail and a rusty red cap. Quite pretty. I found it straight away and was really happy. I also saw a nice stripe-headed antpitter, another polylepis endemic. There were several forests up there, some better than others, and I spent a few hours exploring, looking for the Synclodes, but I couldn't find it. I did find another endangered species, the ash-breasted tit tyrant, for the third time, Two endangered species in one day. Not bad. I met a drunk called Claudio whilst I was out birding. He just walked up from the town below where he'd obviously had quite a few drinks. He was a bit suspicious of me at first, but I assured him I was a friend of Ecoan, a bird conservation organization here. I was planning to meet the president sometime, but I hadn't contacted him yet, so me saying that I was a good friend was stretching the truth a little. I tried to ask him where Ecoan people worked so I might know where to concentrate my search but I didn't understand his drunken response. I hate talking with drunks. He seemed a nice chap, though, and he proudly showed me his potato field and little house. I'd run out of time and really needed to start getting back down. I would try a different place tomorrow for the species. If I couldn't find it there, I'd have to come back and camp up here, which I didn't really relish the prospect of. 4,000 metres in the Andes gets pretty cold at night. I said bye to Claudio and gave him a five-sol coin. It must be a hard life up here. He said next time I came up, I'd have to drink some dodgy local brew with him, which was never going to happen. On the way down, I saw a few new birds, including the nice endemic white-tufted sunbeam. I got back down to the main road in about an hour and a half. There were some indigenous men on the path that started to walk down with me. One guy said, vamos, let's go, obviously wanting to make some money. I made it up on my own, so I could certainly make it back down. 
I'm not against taking guides. I think it's a good idea for them, but I didn't like parting with my precious funds when I can find the way myself. I got on the bus back to Oriente Tambo and took my girlfriend for a cheap dinner in a local restaurant. 